With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to my first ever Always Arsenal show. Hello! <laughs> Please bear with me, I've never hosted before, but I've been on many, many pods the last 10 years. So, here we go. Let's start the show. To my right, left, I always get this wrong, is Graham, a gooner of 50 years. Hi, Graham. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous, but... No, listen, you'll be I'm fine. Not- Oh, You'll be you. fine, Amanda. You're going to be fine. It's about time. It's about time Craig made a decent January transfer winning window signing. So I've got every confidence uh, that you're going to, you know, make this show your own over the next few weeks. And really pleased that you're part of the team. I don't know if you oh. know this actually, Amanda. Amanda, before you come in, we've actually met around the stadium several times. Uh, I used to watch you on Guna Ramble. I think you used to be on Guna Ramble. Apart before you got big on Highbury Squad, you've been on loads of pods. Uh, and I, I followed you over the years. You actually said hello to me once, so you obviously met me before without realising it. But you know, I love your passion for the club. Like like me, you go back a long way. We were both at Anfield '89, so we got that in common. So look, and it's fitting tonight that in your first show we're talking about a fantastic performance at Anfield last night. So it's great to see you part of the team. I know on behalf of Lee, myself, Dan, Harry, uh, Mark, uh, Albert, and Craig, who's really done a great thing in bringing you on the board. It's great that you've got your own show. It's well-deserved, and I hope it's a great success. I'd love to have you part of the same old Arsenal family. Welcome. Thank you so much. That's such a lovely welcome. Thank you. (laughs) And that does lead me lovely on to our wonderful, magnificent performance. And we're going to talk about this before I bring on our Spurs guests later. But, Graham. You know, I even said to you privately last night, I didn't think we had a chance. I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be a capitulation. Wow. Just wow. For over 70 minutes with 10 men at Anfield, 
magnificent performance. What did you make of it? I don't think we saw that coming after the Nottingham Forest performance, did we? But um, you know what? For 70 minutes, I thought uh, a lot of that team uh, can take great heart going forward from their performance. Um, once Granite Jacker had bowed out there after 20 minutes, as he tends to do, um, I thought that to a man, we it was a heroic performance last night, Amanda. There was a, a togetherness, a toughness, ability to suffer together, to stick together. They're up for the battle. And I think this was, I think, a great performance. But I think the, the person, I think, as well as the players who should take the floor this last night was our manager, Mikel Arteta. Because me and you grew up, uh, well, you, you, like me, big fan of Arsenal under George Graham. That was a George Graham defensive masterclass last night, wasn't it, for the last 70 minutes, yeah. the way that we literally sat in that low block. You don't associate low blocks with Arsenal teams, but when Jacker went off, Amanda, and he reverted back to that 5-3-1, uh, and I just think that we, tactically, it became like defensively attack. But the one thing about Liverpool is they're really good in transition, Amanda. And and uh, what we did, I thought, just quickly, just to sum it up, I thought we gave them the wide areas last night. Yep. We allowed them to get crosses in. We just blocked them in the middle. It reminded me a bit of the performance against Man City when uh, Gabriel got sent off, when he used that formation that day. We went 5-3-1. But you have, obviously, Chambers come on was immense. Ben White was near perfect. The White-Gabriel partnership was brilliant. Kieran Tierney was superb. Chambers to come in and, and holding to come in and play in that five had to be so disciplined. Uh, and the organisation was brilliant. The three sitting in front, because he, he literally turned Saka and Martinelli into midfield players last night. Uh, and Lacazette, they worked so hard. I think Saka was our real threat going forward. But we stopped Liverpool playing through us. I think what we did really well was we let them have the ball out wide, Amanda. We knew that although Jota's quite good in the air, we allowed them to put crosses into the box. They had something like 220 passes in the wide areas last night of their 800 passes. So they had most of the ball out wide. But we uh, took care of the uh, crosses really well. I thought it was a lack of quality in the final third from both teams. But overall, I just think it was a defensive, a real resilient display Maybe proud to be an Arsenal fan last night, Amanda. I don't know about you. Well, as we said, very George Graham-esque, wasn't it? Yeah, that it was, he yeah. would have been, he should have been, and would have been very proud of that display. You know, one of the things that I've noticed over the months as well is how how hard Lacazette works for yeah. that team. I know he doesn't get many goals, but boy, does he put in a shift. He did, and he did again last night. I think he's. Crucial. I think we really missed him at Nottingham Forest, you know, uh, when Aketia came in and played that role. Can't play like Lacazette. Lacazette drops in into that hole. He played almost like the number 10 again last night when Aketia further on. Obviously, that experiment only lasted for 20 minutes. But he puts in such a shift for the team. Uh, he's able to sort of like uh, not only build the play up the way he holds the ball up, he works so hard off the ball, he's pressing. Um, and and uh, I just think that it's a real dilemma for the club now because. You know, I, I'm starting to come round, I think, now to, to almost like thinking he should get another year on a contract uh, if, if he's willing to take a year. Obviously, it's down to him. Uh, I do think we need a striker up front who's going to get us 25 goals. But yeah. but his experience for these young players, he brings the young players in, like uh, Martinelli and Saka. He's the one who brings them into play, the one who holds it up. He's integral to the way we play. And I think his work rate, as you said, it's been superb the last uh, a few months since he's come back into the team. Let's talk the good and the bad. Yeah, let's go with yeah. the good to begin with. Ben White. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, uh, that was a near a perfect performance. Have you seen that picture on Twitter today when Minamina misses yes. from about? I mean, uh, you got you got people on Twitter saying today, "I, I want to have his babies." You know, women saying that <laughs> because of that. what he did. I last know that night. person who said that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, look, we've got a Rolls Royce of a defender there. We knew he was good off the uh, on the ball, but I think he's been really good off the ball as well. And also, I love that bit at the end, Amanda, the passion when he went round high-fiving the team at the end, high-fiving the team. This is what we effing do, he said. You know, I don't want to swear on the broadcast, but he was really up for the battle last night. And, you know, we talk about captains of the club and Odegaard is a strong favourite, isn't he? I think from what I'm hearing next season, getting the armband, Lacquer's wearing it with real pride at the moment. I don't think you can rule Ben White out. I think he's been a real, he was a real leader on the pitch last night, uh, galvanised the team. Uh, when Jacker got sent off, and I think that was an immense performance. He's, you know, people question his ability in the air, but he was good in the air last night. So was Gabriel. He's great the way he can play out, uh, and he's, you know, he, he's his duels, his recoveries, his pace. Uh, that's, you know, he, that's why we can play higher up the pitch last night. And I think the sad thing for me was was that on that uh, the incident where Jacker got sent off, Amanda. We, uh, White was the only player back. We got a bit, I think, arrogant uh, in the way that we committed too many players forward, and uh, that's going to lead us on to the talk on to Granite Jacker. But, uh, you know, this season he's been building up in a 3 2 5. It's gone to a 2 3 5. But last night, when that attack broke down, uh, we only had White back in a, um, in a defensive position because yeah. uh, Tierney was up the pitch, Gabriel pressed forward. And that's why it led to that situation where Granite Jacker was sort of like in that position he was in, Amanda. I know. So we just talk about. So, Jacker, when I was watching it, me and my other half, we both said, that isn't a red. Okay. And I felt like that for quite a while until I saw half time and I saw the replay from a different angle where Jacker was running down the pitch with Jota next to him and looking at him. So we knew he was there, but. Adore Ramsdale to the hill, but do you think he could have come out and maybe headed the ball? I feel like he hesitated and maybe Xhaka got, you know, Xhaka is always going to get penalised anyway. I'm sorry. I'm not saying there's an agenda, but he does get penalised for a lot. He does cause a lot, obviously, Graham. But what's your take on that last night with him? Yeah, can I just say one thing, right? Over the last few weeks, I've watched uh, incidents where three or four players could have been sent off red card offences. Marnie elbowed a Chelsea, uh, says uh, Aspaqueta of Chelsea, got away with it. Mount literally kicked out a uh, Liverpool defender on the ground, got away with it. Uh, Harry Kane uh, went into Robertson, got away with it. And I've watched Gabriel got sent off and I've watched Jacko got get sent off. And did you notice last night, it was a red card offence. Did you notice how quickly Michael Oliver got the card out of his pocket? Just could not wait to get him off the pitch. So I think really... <laughs> Granite Jacker, uh, whatever we think of him, and uh, I just think that I just think we need to get rid of him. Uh, I, I do think that because the definition of experience exudes him off the ball. He's, yeah. he's a great passer, uh, but he makes ridiculous decisions. He's a liability off the ball. Um, just trust your goalkeeper last night, your goalkeeper, and even trust Ben White. You know why did he do that? He must have known. He either let him. He had two choices to make. He either let him run through and tried to put him off, maybe. Or basically, he, he trusted the goalkeeper uh, and or, or he made a challenge, uh, which could have been a red card offence if he got it wrong. And I just think he panics in situations like that, Amanda. He just panics like he did it in the 
game against Man City. Um, the ball over the top. He's, as you say, he's looking at the, the defender. Uh, sorry, looking at the attacker. And uh, it's a red card all day long. And uh, unfortunately, I do think now that whatever we think of Jacker as a player, and I do think that experiment has run its course for me. Um, mm -hmm. But and he's left us in a really difficult position now going into the next round of games because he's going to be missing for two or three games, including North London derby if it's played on Sunday. Um, I just think he makes too many mistakes. It's a red card. But I mean, look, you know, we're gonna when my uh, Tottenham guest comes on, we'll discuss Harry Kane. But if it, if that was him last night, probably wouldn't even have got a yellow. And that is, and I'm not one of these cynical Arsenal fans that feels like there's an agenda against them. That's not how I work. Um, I've always had my own opinions, but both of us looked at each other last night when if that was Kane, and it proved, not proved it, but in the Liverpool game against Robertson, two-footed off the floor, a yellow card. What's he got a yellow card for? Because it's not a yellow card. It's nothing or a red in my eyes. Robertson goes and does one that is definitely a red card and gets sent off. The consistency is so, so poor in this game that it's not only affecting Arsenal, it's affecting everybody. So we're just going to round off because Max, in the, uh, Max is in the green room, as we call it, and we'll bring him in. Let, let's just go to next Thursday, yeah? Look, at, on, at the moment, Sunday, we don't know if it's going to be played. I very much doubt it if they've asked for it not to be played. But if, if we play Sunday, we've then... Massive game Thursday. Thursday night, we could end up in a cup final, the League Cup final against Chelsea. What, what's your prediction for next Thursday if we can play it? I still think it's going to be very hard. I think it's 50-50 game. Um, I think we've got a great chance because I think that Liverpool without Mane and Salah are not quite the same side. Um, so I think if we set up right um, and we play our football, we get the the game played in the areas of the pitch where we want to play it and stop them from um, playing it in the areas of the pitch where they want to play it, I think we've got a chance. I do think it's still a 50-50 game. It depends who's available, of course. Um, we need, I mean, the spine of our team was missing uh, last night. Um, you know, um, in terms of what I mean, it's, it's like Odegaard and uh, Smith-Rowe in the attacking areas and Tommy Asu, who's an integral part of, of the defence. Yep. Uh, so I know... In the end, we had both centre-halves back, so I can't say the spine of the team was missing, but um, I just think key players were missing for us. If we get, uh, you know, it depends, I think, who we get back. I think we do need Tommy Asso back at right-back. There's a massive drop-off when uh, whoever comes in at right-back. Uh, and I think we need Odegaard and Smith-Rowe to create because I think last night we were struggling. They, we were struggling with their counter-press. They were pushing us back. We weren't creating. And in a way, the jacker sending off defined the game, but it meant that we only had to play the one way. Um, so, but when we're at home, we're going to have to be, you know, more um, attacking uh, and, and more of a presence on the ball if we want to win this game. So, for me, it depends on who we get back. Um, we know pretty much the team Liverpool are going to play. They're not going to have Salah and Mane back. So, they're not so dangerous in transition without those two players. So, we have got a chance. Uh, it's a 50-50 game for me. I still think it's a 50-50 game. We did what we had to do last night to really put us in a great position of getting... To the final so that was the good thing about last night so but for me it's still a wide open game 50 50 i think home advantage is massive obviously so we got that and the, the, the fans last night we have to give a shout out amanda for the fans oh, God, been to yeah. Anfield. uh and the our fans last night was superb if they can recreate that atmosphere at the emirates last next week and we've got 11 on the pitch 
uh, we've got a chance. Let's keep 11 players on the pitch next week, right, and give ourselves the best possible chance. So I think it depends who we get back, Amanda. If we get the, uh, Odegaard or Smith-Rowe back, Saka and Martin then in the wide areas, Lacazette. But the, obviously the issue is going to be presence in midfield again uh, because we've lost Jacker. I don't know if we could get a loan deal in in time for next week. Uh, who he plays in midfield is going to be the issue for me at the moment. You know, Liverpool got a very uh, solid midfield. So midfield is the problem looking at it for next week. But we've got a chance. OK, I'm excited, <laughs> to be honest, for next <laughs> Thursday. What I'm not excited about is uh, going to White Hart Lane on Sunday with a dilapidated squad full of injuries and AFCON absentees and COVID. We don't know how many they've got. So on that note, I'm going to bring in Max. Now, everybody be nice to Max, OK? He's a very good friend of mine. He's a Spurs fan, but we're going to discuss quite a few topics. So let's bring him in. Hi, Max. Hi. Hi, Amanda. How are you doing? Welcome to my Good to, good to, my to first... see you guys. Oh, welcome to the show. Max, meet Graham. Graham, meet Max. Hello, Max. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to be sharing the airways with you again, Amanda. I know. So Max and I met on another podcast, and when we came off the podcast, we realised that we had so many mutual friends that even knows my brother. And for a Tottenham fan, he, I have to say he's one of my favourites, and I don't say that about many, that's for sure. <laughs> So, Max, um, Graham and I have just discussed last night, obviously, you uh, lost to Chelsea this week. Did you feel that when you went into the game after being 2-0 down already, that you had any chance on Wednesday night? Uh, well, I think we really we really knew that we probably needed the first goal. Uh, um, you know, um, you know, we talk about atmosphere and how that impacts, actually. And I think that would have, you know, picked up the team, picked up the, you know, the home fans. Uh, but we really, really needed that first goal, and and I think you probably know the feeling, maybe a bit, a bit like us, uh, um, unlike maybe especially, and it's a topic I might discuss later, like like Chelsea and Man City, that when you have one or two or three of let's say your, you know, your your first eleven out, and then you see the replacements the manager chooses, you kind of have this feeling almost of negativity from the start because you just know they're not up to it. Um, and I think we had that in both both games, actually, you know, that you saw the team sheet, especially you saw, um, you know, uh, a championship level right back playing left back. We knew we, we were in trouble. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the Golinis uh, um, playing to the Lloris just added to that feeling that it's a already an uphill struggle and it's probably going to be too much. Um, so at some point I was watching the game thinking, you know what? I just don't want any injuries. <laughs> um, you know, we're not likely to get through. Um, but I've got to tell you, actually, this week, um, and I'm talking about FA Cup and uh, and and uh, these these couple of games. Um, I mean, the FA Cup. I, mean, I was very very close to messaging you when we were one 0 down to Morecambe, saying, you know what, I'm not coming on the show on Friday. <laughs> and look how that turned out. You went through. Both games ended up the other way around. <laughs> but 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 you know, uh, on a serious note, I think. This week really highlighted the issue that, that we, and I say collectively as Spurs and Arsenal have, is that it's just so obvious when, you know, we have a, both teams have a first 11 on their day can beat anyone. We can compete to a point. If we're missing one or two players, we could probably still beat most of the teams in the league, like yourself, mm. the teams below. But when when you're looking at the what we're up against as far as the the glass ceiling that we're trying to push through 
you know, uh, Chelsea can change a few players, but you wouldn't say that they're weak in their team. You know, you, you don't even know what their first team is. No. Uh, Man City is the same. Um, so when it came to these cup competitions, it really highlighted it that, you know, we're, we're about protecting our squad. Both teams I'm talking about. We had a few people missing and suddenly we struggle against the likes of Morecambe and Forrest. Um, it really, really highlighted kind of how far we are really. You know, we're close maybe in respects of, you know, table positions. But in the reality, if if Spurs or Arsenal or any team outside of top, top I'm going to say three because Man United are really doing a great job of screwing everything up. Uh, um that if we ever win anything, which when we don't seem to be ever likely to, it's their failure rather than our success. I mean, Man City should don't win anything, everything. And if anyone else does, it's just a failure on them. I mean, the teams are so strong. So, the thing is, Max, yeah. when we played City last week, we should have won the game. We were absolutely outstanding. And we've not seen that for many years against a top four like that. So... I understand what you're saying, of course. You know, City, but that's a one-off game, isn't it, Amanda? It is, right. but it's a one-off that we were shocked how good we played. And I went to the Etihad at the beginning of the season, and for the first six minutes we played like that. Then we absolutely capitulated. Um, so it, it is tough, and we are we are we are vying for fourth place. That that's it's going to go the whole season. And you know, Graham, how do you feel? Do you understand what Max is saying about? above us and where we are with him as well, with their team. Well, I understand what you're saying about the drop-off in quality when the first teams uh, are not, you know, your, your, your top players are not playing. So you notice at Arsenal, the drop-off between Tommy Asu and Cedric, for example, the drop-off between one of the centre-halves and Holding. Uh, and, of course, he's right at Tottenham when uh, they needed to bring on their star players last week, um, Lucas Moura, Kane, and skip to get the job done. They've got a really good, strong first eleven Tottenham like we've got, but the backup is not good enough. Uh, and I think their manager Conte has actually said that this week that he wants signings, um, particularly up front. He's talked about a replacement for Kane because obviously when Kane don't play, there's no one to score the goals like Kane does. Uh, so yeah, I, I identify what he's saying. I do think that it, we are in a, a race for top four with Tottenham. I, um, I think Man United have. Uh, are having real problems under Rangnick. Uh, the, the, there seems to be a, a divide in the dressing room. I don't know if, if Max feels that uh, from what he knows. Uh, and also, um, they're not really taken to playing well under this new system that he plays a 4-2-2-2. So I think Man United are struggling, um, which has opened the door for the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham. And also West Ham. You know, West Ham are up there. seems to me there's four teams battling for that fourth position. So it's pretty much wide open, I think, at the moment. Um, I think Tottenham are at a different part of their journey under Conte to where we are. I think Arteta's built the team, rebuilt the team this year. The recruitment was good. We got good young players in. Uh, and I think we're further on. I think Conte's even admitted that in his press conferences, that Spurs are under him, not where he wants them to be. And he's almost like trying to rebuild that. So, you know, we're in a good position. and and uh, But... You know, Tottenham have got some quality players. Uh, and I, I always think over the last few years, they have been above us. We are, I think we're closing the gap a little bit. But um, I think if the game goes ahead Sunday, I think in these North London derbies over the last few years, home advantage has been massive. So I think it's going to be very difficult to go to Tottenham uh, and get a result. But, but, um, but you know, um, 
I do agree with what he's saying. I think that um, both teams are up there, but when we don't play our, if, you know, if we don't play our top players, there's a massive drop off between the players who come in. Uh, but yeah, I think both teams battling for that fourth spot, Amanda. Okay, so Max, uh, I've got a question for you. Sorry, did you want to answer, yeah, Graham? Yeah, I was just going to say that actually, you know, in some respect, I mean, Conte being the level of manager that he is, uh, and you know where he's been in the last few years and what he's achieved. You know, uh, in some respects, he hung us out to dry, but not for not for not for, you know for good reason because uh, I think especially with being with the window being open and everything else, um, he's been around the squad now for six weeks. Um, he's probably pinching himself like we are of how we are uh, um, uh, second in the form table since she's been there, only, only second to City, uh, only conceded four goals in the league and undefeated. Okay, we haven't come up against the best opposition, just apart from Liverpool at home. Um, but he's also seeing what he's got around the training ground. So, you know, he knows. And actually, he's put them on display. He's actually put them on display for Daniel Levy and saying, look how poor these few players yeah. are. Uh, um, we need to replace them. So, uh, um, uh, and, and you're right, you know, we've got this team that, like you say, on the day, and you mentioned Man City, I mean, it's the most bizarre scenario that Spurs are Man City's bogey team. <laughs> you know, over the last five years, we generally beat them or draw um, with the odd defeat. But generally, you know, we've done really well against them and we beat them at home this season. So, uh, you know, on the day, anything can happen. But over a season and over a cup run, you know, we've had some good cup runs. We get to a final, we don't win it. But look at the finals. Of the, every final that we've had have been where we've lost to Man City, we've lost to Chelsea, we've lost to Man United, we've lost to Liverpool. Chelsea twice, I think. So, you know, we're, we just can't punch through. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I man, if you don't mind me saying, I, I love this, this glass ceiling scenario. I've been talking about the glass ceiling um, for like 25 years, it feels like. <laughs> um, and, you know, we could never punch through. We, we could not punch through. Um, you know, initially it was a glass ceiling of two almost, with Man United and Arsenal being so far ahead of everyone else. Champions League became four teams. Obviously, Liverpool filled that spot. Uh, and then Chelsea kind of bought their way through that glass ceiling. And no one could penetrate it. I think in those few years that followed, there was only two or three one-offs. I think once Spurs, once Everton, once Newcastle, or maybe once Leeds and made Leeds was before, that ever got into that, you know, and it was temporary. Uh, um, and we've been kind of just under that glass ceiling for so long. And then if you go from 2010 to now, we've tried to chip away and punch through, made a little bit of a hole in it. Um, actually, you fell through it. So you kind of joined us. Um, and then just trying to stay up there is just so difficult. And I know I sent you something in the week, but I've been looking at what's been going on in the last 10 years, especially since 2010, which is a time where we kind of joined the game a little bit. The, the spending power that it takes to stay up there Okay, and I mean really challenge for titles on a regular basis, not just one good season or two good seasons. The spending power of, uh, in those 10 years, um, Chelsea have spent, and I, when I say spending, I'm always talking about wages as well, because wages are absolutely key. They've, they've spent close to four billion, okay, in, in 10 years. Mm. Um, and Man City is about the same. Uh, uh, Man United is about three billion. As it happens, Arsenal's about three billion. Spurs are about 1.8. So it's a huge drop-off. And that means that just buying a squad, going back to what we said earlier, of players that where you're 
replacements don't weaken the team on a weekly basis. They can change, are just not there. Uh, and I'm not sure that whatever we do, you can make a few good signings, you know, you can improve, but whether we can really, really get there to, you're talking about now 95 to 100 points a season to win the league. That's what it's taken the last few years. Okay. I'm not sure we'll ever get there. No, but we've both got owners that we probably don't like, I would assume. So, um, right. So I'm just going to bring some of the questions in. Okay. So mm -hmm. Robert Stevens, can you ask Max about Conte's press conference when he said he felt Arsenal were further into their progression than Spurs? So how do you feel about that? Thanks, Robert, for your question. You're asking me that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a mixed thing there. I think there's, there's certainly a bit of posturing and I wouldn't say kidology, but he's certainly forcing the hand of Daniel Levy. But I'm sure they would have negotiated some of this because he's only been there six weeks. So so I, I think, I'm sure he was, you know, pushing that agenda a little bit. Um, but, you know, the reality is, you know, what we're all, we're all guilty of being very, very fickle on a week on, week off, you know, if you're looking at where Spurs are, big, obviously a big game this weekend if it happens. If it does, you know, a, a bizarre scenario where uh, um, you need the victory. Actually, weirdly, we can get away with the draw as far as we've still got those two games, you know, in hand to, 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 to punch ahead. If we win, we have the opportunity to... Games in hand would mean nothing, but you know, they're winnable. Yeah. winnable. You know, we could be seven points ahead. So, so it's quite an important thing this weekend. Conte's just smart. He's a shrewd operator. Um, he's done everything that you'd hope that he would do in a smart way to say to Levy, these are the, these are the guys that got to go and this is what we need to do to compete. Um, okay. And we've had 10 years of, I know you said something and we've discussed this once before, about not liking the owners. Mm. Uh, it's, really, it's really split at Spurs. It's not that straightforward. Like there's a real appreciation for what's been actually even being in the conversation, considering the lack of firepower from a financial point of view that we've had. We've done a lot to prepare for that. We've got there. We've now had three years of half-empty stadiums, you know, from a COVID point of view. So we've not really had a full season in the stadium where you've generated the revenue to go spend. But really now he's out of excuses. You know, he's always yeah. had them. Now there are none. So um, I'm not on the Levy out bandwagon at all, but... I would say, ask me again in 12 months, you know, with a full season in, in the league, uh, in the stadium. Um, he's refinanced the debt so we don't have the, the same thing hanging over us that we did before. It's the same amount of money, but the finance has changed. So we really don't have to find... It's actually less than one player's wages what we need to find each year to, to finance the debt. So he has no excuse. Um, otherwise, we're just a boxing arena. So, yeah. You know, well, we uh, would, well, we actually call it a toilet bowl, but if you want to call it a boxing arena, that's totally up to yeah, young Max. But I think you got the toilet bowl thing from us. I think that's what we called your place at some point. Cool. It was the first toilet bowl, anyway. We've just got a slow closing seat. <laughs> right. I just want to say thank you to Medical Study Buddy for the donation to the channel. And yes, I'm on this channel. So thank you so much for your donation. Right, let's get into something a bit lighter. Look, well, I say lighter, it's all going to kick off now, Max. Um, Arsenal have asked the Premier League to postpone Sunday. Now, I know you and I have been WhatsApping before and I said, wait for the show. Um, let me just explain a few things, yeah? 
we are not calling it off just because we've got one person with COVID. And as you know, we don't know who's got COVID tonight. That was as of yesterday. The Premier League rules changed after game three because when we played Brentford, we actually had four or five players out with COVID, but we didn't even propose to them to cancel it because we apparently would have been turned down. That's when it got changed. And all the clubs over the last few months have done this. If you've got injuries, COVID, they've called for postponements. And because Arsenal have done it today, for Sunday, it's like an uproar. We, it, we, we have, well, Graham will probably know this more than me, and I'll just bring Graham in this in a second. But, Graham, how many players have we got for Sunday? Um, I know the ones that are unavailable, Amanda. That's Chambers is injured, Cedric Suarez is injured, Tierney is injured, Tommy Asu injured. Jack is suspended, Partey, Elnenia, AFCON, Smith-Rowe injured, Bakaya Saka at the moment is carrying an injury, Odegaard has got COVID, Pepe is at AFCON, and Aubameyang is at AFCON. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players at the moment technically that could be unavailable. So but I don't know what the premiership rules are. I thought originally it was around COVID and it's changing all the time. Uh, I think the Premier League have opened the door really the way they've dealt with some previous cases, uh, which I think has maybe... Uh, uh, I'll read it to you, that. Graham. Let me read it to you, Graham, because I've actually go on, got then, it. Go okay, one moment, on, I'll get it. It says, Premier League rules state a game can be called off if a club has been unable to fill 13 outfield players and a goalkeeper for a match due to COVID-19, infections, injuries, illness and or those isolating. Arsenal have 12 senior outfielders. So, Max, I know you were getting irate before. Listen. No, 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 I'm not, not irate about it at all, actually. I'm quite pragmatic about it because we, we've been there. So, you have? Quite yeah, a few yeah, times. We've, yeah, we've been there. I mean, you know, we've played less games than anyone, so we've been there. Although that was very much a kind of COVID infection with closed training grounds. Um, you know, I think Liverpool had something similar. And the, the whole closed training ground is a bit of an issue because really no one's training and preparing. Um, mm. You know, it's a really tricky one because as a purist, as a football fan, you want the best teams to compete against each other. Yeah. And, you know, you want to go out there and show your best. Um, and, uh, of course, you want to take advantage of other teams when they have a weakened team through injuries and stuff. COVID has changed things a bit. There, I'm a bit split on this one. I'm trying not to be kind of, you know, Spurs Arsenal about this. You've got five AFCON players, four or five AFCON players. Mm. Um, you know that when you sign them, it's always a risk. It's always a problem. Every, every season, every team that's got too many players to go to AFCON have a problem at that period of the season. You know what? That's part of what you, you take on when you bring them in. Injuries, I just, just listened to the list that you read. And again, this is where I think the, the Premier League have got a really tough situation. There's a really long list of players that you read out there. And some of those players are clearly injured and out. But some of them are a little bit like... Uh, um, like Bergwijn, we've got Bergwijn who's injured, but he's going to be on the bench. You know, he's he's, he's struggling. The Regulon's the same. Um, I don't even know actually about Dyer. Um, but you know, if it suited your agenda, I'm just saying, if it suited your agenda, you could just report them as injured. I don't know where Tierney got injured last night. Saka, he needed a couple of pills. I don't know what the pills were for. But, no, not uh, um, You know, if it, I don't know if it's an injury that was stopping play. But if it suited, you could just call three or four players there as injured and then just not have a squad rather than chance it with them like we're doing with a few players. So it's a, it's a tough one. 
I, I just think that we've only won COVID. I think the rest of it, to be fair, I think is on you. Um, and your guys are playing an under-23 match tonight. Okay, Arsenal are, I believe, against West Ham. So you've got, you know, a lot of players that essentially you should be, some that you should be able to call on. And I did look, Amanda, after we messaged, I went onto the Premier League website of registered players, and I noticed that Arsenal have got about 30 players registered, and Spurs have got 39 players registered. Okay, so we've got a lot more of the, let's call it development squad re registered. So in theory, we couldn't make that excuse that we no. don't have 13 players. So you haven't registered enough of your under 23s is the way I look at it. Um, so I'm but my point is, Max, listen, every Arsenal fan, trust me, wants to play on Sunday. I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to play the derby. We were all looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. especially after our magnificent performance last night. You know, we've lost the last few games. We want to come to you. We want to, you know, play the derby. Trust me, yeah? What Liverpool did the week before with all these false positives and everything, there's never been a furor about that. Yet, honestly, tonight, when, when Arsenal went for it, for the first time this season, let me add, yeah? First time, because we are decimated. Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville have lost the plot. And they actually did say during the interview, they did say, and I will say this, it's, only, it's not because it's Arsenal. They should have said something three weeks ago. I didn't see Jamie Carragher saying anything when Liverpool did this last week. Now, we've now got to play. Well, we have to play next Thursday, I think, because if we don't, I think we'll be out. I, I, don't, I don't know. Listen, yeah. you know what it's like. The world is mad at the moment. We, had to, we forfeited the competition. We're happy about it. But we forfeited the competition right, by not being able to... to but if you weren't was, happy it about it, Max, it yeah. wouldn't have happened. He would have fielded a side or he would have done what he needed to do. No, no, we, we offered to field the side. The opposition didn't want to field the side after that because, you know, uh, um, that, that's basically what happened. But, it, you know, again, it's very difficult. The Liverpool thing's really interesting because Liverpool were the ones that <clears> complained <throat> in the beginning that they were the only ones being transparent. So everyone said, we've got five cases, we've got two cases, we've got eight cases, not naming players. And then Liverpool, the first time they had it, they actually they made a whole song and dance about naming the players. Um, so it was kind of strange that it, you know, it, it came back around on them. Um, I was really surprised that your game was cancelled last week. I, I, I was shocked. Uh, oh, we weren't because uh, it was Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> no, was, to was, be was, fair, though, really I've got surprised. a lot of uh, Max. You know, I've got a lot of Scouse friends. I've got yeah. a lot of friends all from different clubs, and I, I'll say it as I see it. At the very beginning of all this, I kept saying to everyone who was going mental about the fact the game was called off. Why would Liverpool want it called off? What benefit? Salah and uh, Mane are not going to be back. You know, that was the whole big thing. But as the week days gone on and then I found out so you got seven false positives. I think their issue was not so much to do with the numbers I think it was because they had to close the training ground um, yeah. which is something that happened to us so that's slightly different because obviously uh, um, you know they have to, 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 to close the training ground which is an issue that we had as well uh, but again I was surprprised um, you but know Max, I, think, I, obviously, I, admire, I admire the fact yeah. that you want to that you'd want to play the game you know i think we all feel the same we all get excited we look forward to the derby you know we all want to turn up we we cancel all our plans uh you know uh, weeks in advance to make sure that we're available for that day so it's frustrating and, and you know what you, you mentioned about your performance last night and i was like i'm not sure how i feel about it um as in it was really galvanizing great spirit mm. shown by the team but 
but also they're out on their feet, exhausted. Um, when Xhaka gets sent off, I'm not sure if you're happy about it or we're happy about it or vice versa. Like, I'm never sure. Sometimes I just want him to play. He just doesn't tend to play very well against us. Uh, I'd rather he be sent off against us than against someone else, basically. Um, so it's a really, really tricky scenario. Um, you know, it, my hunch is the game will go ahead. Really? I just, just don't think, yeah. Unless you have more COVID, I just don't think that AFCON and injuries are a thing uh, or they should be a thing. I don't think they're viable unless it's all goalkeepers. But that's the um, rules, though, Max. It's not what we've made up. They've changed it after game three. Exceptional circumstances, injuries. So it's not Arsenal. We've not even done it through the season. You've had quite a few games off. I understand. We don't know who's got COVID. We're all surmising on yesterday, okay? Um, I, I don't personally think Arteta would want this game cancelled if 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 it wasn't justified. We, you know, he criticised Liverpool for doing that. Um, but hey-ho, listen, we could go on all night about this. We don't yeah, know if it's, it's going to be cancelled. I personally think it will be cancelled. But knowing Arsenal, it probably won't be. because we well, don't I, get... Prior to coming on, I didn't think it would be cancelled. But just listening yeah. to the list of players that you've read out, yeah. there's a few players that I'm, I'm saying have been added to that list that I didn't have on it. You know, like TNE, you know, Chambers. They had niggles, but that's, you yeah. know, they all have niggles. Um, and part of me, listen, part of me wants to, you know, we've also got some key players missing, right? Our two, two centre-halves are missing. Uh, out certainly, and one of them is exceptional. Uh, you guys probably wouldn't seen much of it yet, but he is exceptional uh, in Romero. Um, and uh, we're missing Sun, obviously, oh, you know, yeah. top scorer. So um, you know, there's part of me that just wants our best two teams to go out, but I don't think we can stomach any more games being delayed. I mean, you know, we've already got three behind. Um, you know, it's it's going to cause a real problem later on, um, unless we buy smart. Um, but it looks like we're getting rid of players but not buying anyone. So, well, um, it, it's a weird thing at the moment because we don't seem to be discussing the transfer window, and I don't discuss it anyway. It's one of my most boring subjects until someone signed. I just don't do transfer shows, no, um, and no, then I'll talk about not. it. But it's so weird at the moment because we're halfway through January, we're not really discussing it. All we're talking about is games being called off, COVID. You know, what, what happened at Liverpool last week? We had a semi-final last night where no one gave us a hope in hell. I didn't give us a hope in hell. I don't know if Graham did. But I just felt that after that performance, I was desperate to play you on Sunday because I think it'd be a great game. And not one fan wants their uh, game called off, Max. But but no, as Johnny no, Boy said, sure. it is the rules. It's not Arsenal doing a fast one. It, it just isn't. And you're, were you going to go to the match Sunday, Max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I understand, and you were looking forward to going. You've missed quite a few matches as well. Um, we don't know what's going on each week. It's a little bit unsettling for all of us, really, isn't it? So yeah, I, I, I feel for, to be honest, with you, I feel for everyone. I feel for the Premier League. You know, it's 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 different. It's difficult. It's challenging. Things are changing. You know, we had COVID, but we had empty stadiums and teams were isolating. Now we've got a different version of COVID, yeah. but stadiums are full, um, or, or two thirds full. You know, uh, um, everyone's struggling with this because everyone's basically learning on the go, even the government. I mean, it's really difficult times. So, you know, um, whatever decision you make, you're always going to have some people that are happy and some people that are unhappy. That's just the nature of it. Uh, um, as, as I said, like you say, rules are rules. I just think that the, and I'm not saying you are, but the injury part of it is really open to manipulation. 
right? Any club can say this one's, I'm not saying you are, but any club can say, you know, I've got this one's with a hamstring, this one's with a calf strain, a niggle, and then kind of take your 16 down to 13 and then suddenly you haven't got a team. Uh, you know, it, it's open to abuse. Of course, Not and I think that's what's been going everyone. on. I think what Neville, Neville and Carragher was saying was right, but it just seems to be happening when, when it when it's Arsenal. We we do feel a little bit like that sometimes, and I'm glad that uh, Neville said I should have said this three or four weeks ago. It, the Premier League have set themselves up with this. Now, no one can complain that we've we've put in this this postponement. It's just a shame because we all love North London derbies. It's what we all live for every year, isn't it? Mm. The home and away. So. So going on to that a second, let, let's just lighten up a little bit a sec. So I want to know your first memory of an Arsenal, uh, a Spurs Arsenal game at White Hart Lane. Oh, I'm coming to you. You next, won't Brian. believe this when I tell you. Go on. You won't believe that I would even bring it up, but it's it's absolutely true. So I've got a big gap, right? Because I was born here, I grew up here lived here to like, uh, age seven, where I did go to some to Spurs games with my dad. And I remember my first game and everything else wasn't against Arsenal. And then I went and I lived in Israel for six years. So I only came back in 1986. Um, so my first memory is a horror show. It's a <laughs> horror show. It's it's the, uh, the, the one nil up in the semi-final of the cup, announced the, uh, the, the travel arrangements to Wembley, and then I think is it Martin Hayes and someone else scored. No, that Quinn. was that was the first Spurs Arsenal game I went to when I came back. Um, so it's a horror show. Uh, the only thing I do remember about the game is I actually caught the ball um, behind the goal, um, which I've only oh, done really? twice: once at the Emirates, funnily enough, and, and, and once that game. So yeah, it wasn't a happy memory. The first uh, Spurs Arsenal game that I remember. So uh, that game, I was there. I was there for the first one, and I remember turning to my cousin and saying. Did you hear what Spurs just did? They're telling their fans half time where to get tickets for the final. Bloody cheek. I mean, what was I? Was it 86? I was about nine, uh, 17 at the time. Yeah. And I remember sitting there thinking, who do they think we. I was like, I was gobsmacked. So it made it even better <laughs> yeah, no, than what no, happened. Was... What happened? You know, that whole season was in because it's my first season back. As I say, although, uh, um, you know, uh, my first time at Wembley as well, um, which obviously we lost. Um, but um, you know, that was really, in all my time as a Spurs fan, that was our best team. They were on for all three. Yeah. League, both cups, and just ended up with, with not a lot. Uh, um, so, uh, or less than that. Um, so, yeah, so it was quite a painful memory, I guess, my first, first Spurs Arsenal. It was um, um, Viv Anderson and Quinn. I remember Quinn, but it was Viv Anderson that uh, got us the replay. But let me just jump to Graham a second. Graham, what's your first... Me Graham's a little bit older than us, Max, which is very unusual for me to be on a pod that anyone's older than me. Um, no, he's not, is he? <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, uh, um, my first season, my dad took me, was 70-71, Amanda. So, Fantastic. And my first last... <laughs> I was I was nine years old. So um, my first Arsenal Spurs game was I think September nineteen seventy. Uh, we beat Spurs two 0 I think I I remember Frank McClintock played a, played a long ball over the top of the Spurs defence, and I think it was John Radford run through and scored. Uh, can't remember we got the second goal, but what really was disappointing was I couldn't go to the game at White Hart Lane when we won the league. 
because he wouldn't take me because I had school the next day. And it was a late fixture, um, so a late end of season fixture. And Ray Kennedy scored the goal that won us the uh, the league that year, didn't he? Um, yeah. I tell you my two real memories of Arsenal Tottenham games. I mean, obviously we've had some great battles down the years. I was when we lost to Spurs in 1991. Uh, if you remember that year, oh. with Gazza's free kick, yeah. Um, and yeah, we had a really that. good side that I year. Cried we won the league. We won the league, but Tottenham beat us at Wembley three one, didn't they? Yeah. And I think Gaza, Gaza, Gaza got one. I think Lineker might have got two. Uh, and I think Alan Smith scored for us, your, your friend Alan Smith, uh, Amanda. Uh, so I remember that game. And then when we drew him again in the semi-final in 93, I've never been so nervous at a football match, Amanda, because the thought of losing two semi-finals to Tottenham, I don't think I could have stomached it, to be honest. And, and Tottenham, we, we played really well when we lost them 3-1. They were the better team in 93. Do you remember when Tony Adams, Mr. Arsenal, came up and headed in the winner? We won, we won well, the, don, nil. So, the donkey won the know, derby. Yeah, yeah but, but in, in answer to your question, my first game was September 1970 when we beat them 2-0 at Ivory. I was nine years old. I've got to tell you that you mentioned um, John Radford and, you know, being that that's my surname was in Radford, I just can't bear going past the stadium because you have him <laughs> on the stadium. You have yeah. the shirt up with Radford written. Was he a number nine? I'm not sure. It certainly says Radford on, on the state. I just can't bear seeing my name on your stadium. It's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, so did you go home and away? Because I went home and away in the 80s, stopped yeah. going to Tottenham till, well, in the 80s, talking about those years, um, I used to sit with the Tottenham um, I used to sit in the Tottenham end because my dad knew someone in the box office and we used to get tickets. And it was just bearable. Uh, it was just to the point where you could just do it. Because I was female as well, I suppose that did help. Obviously wouldn't cheer so much if Arsenal scored because you just wouldn't. But I've been to White Hart Lane so many, so many times. But the last time I went to White Hart Lane, Max, was when we played you in a League Cup game and Flamini scored. And someone in the um, in the chat, can you tell me what year? Because five, six years ago, I think yeah, I had I so much trouble coming out, Max. That I, I had... remember the game, it was your only shot. What for me? No, I thought we scored two. I can't remember, I'm no, terrible. No, maybe at, that was uh... another game, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm terrible at stats, but yeah. basically, oh, 2015. Oh, my boss is here. Say hello to my boss, everybody. Hi, my boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear thank you Tony um so basically um I took my assistant manager at the time I wasn't working at the place I am at now Butler and Stag and what happened was we were we were we were kept in yeah and then kept in for a long long time and then we were brought outside in a cauldron and then we weren't allowed to move and I'll never forget this Max I said to so I weaned myself to the front because I a little bit of schmooze to the police office and said, and actually my Spurs friend was waiting in a car park for us to bring us home. And I said to him, can you let us go, please? My son's in a car or something. He wasn't, but I just said that. And he said, I'll have to speak to her on the hall. Spoke to her on the hall, so I'll just tell you quickly. And um, she said, look down there, and if you want to go, you take it at your own risk. And Spurs fans were on the traffic lights with bottles and things and Max at that start I never remember looking at the ceiling at the sky going I'm a 46 year old mother of one what am mm -hmm. I doing here and obviously I know uh, quite a few people at Spurs got lots of Spurs friends as well but um, as we got round the corner to that bar with the garage doors I don't know what you call call it 
bottles came out. Now, look, I'm not saying all Spurs fans. No, of course, it, was, it was bad there. It was so awful. And I vowed then I'd never go back to Spurs. And I haven't. And I've been many times to Spurs yeah. away. Because I was so frightened that, A, they're going to keep us in a game, which I don't really understand why they've done that. Because just mix us out. You know, just let, let us go. Because... Well, in, in, in general, so, so you're right. And funnily enough, I was always, always my season ticket in the old ground was down the other end. Yeah. So I never used to see anything. But, you know, my friends, you know, Arsenal friends of mine, you know, when I can actually bear to talk to them uh, after a game, that, you know, they just say it was been like horrific. Yeah. Um, and what's gone on down, down that end. And of course, you know, the high road and the way out didn't make for a good kind of exit as well. You know, it was all kind of mixed up. Um, you know, obviously now it's very different because, first of all, there's some still pretty horrible fans at every club. But I guess they, amongst 60,000, is a bit different to amongst 8,000. So, uh, um, but as it happens, you know, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, um, when we had West Ham, um, you know, that was pretty awful. Although that was probably more the West Ham fans. Um, they wouldn't let my dad out for an hour and a half because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of trouble with West Ham fans when they came. So... Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it's a lot less now, obviously, than it was. But um, you know, I, I can't say I've ever felt like that coming out of, of the Emirates. Well, like, the reason the why you won't feel like that, Max, is because we have about seven entrances. You can come out, and it filters everywhere. Yeah, so where the way fans come out, you can go right, left, down the down the subway part. At Tottenham, there's one in. There's one way yeah, out. That's just for new fans. stadium, isn't it? Yeah, of course, and I I understand that. But honestly, I was so scared. And, you know, I've been going to football since I was four years old, which is obviously not too long ago. Um, But I was petrified. And I remember saying to my assistant manager at the time who I took with me, you know, I'm so sorry. This is so dangerous. I mean, he was fine, but I had glass bouncing off me. Unfortunately, I say unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't see so much of that when we go to Arsenal because, unfortunately, we tend to leave early. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, in recent years, you know, you don't get too many results at our place and we don't get too many results at yours. Um, and I remember leaving very early at the uh, the, the famous 4-4 game um, and I must have been out of there eight minutes before someone kind of uh, radioed in. Uh, in fact, a lot of Arsenal fans were in the street already thought it was over. So um, that created a little bit of trouble. Uh, but that was <laughs> So, yeah, listen, it's, uh, it's part of the rivalry as long as it doesn't get ugly. You know, I went to Stamford Bridge last week. Um, you and, have a um, terrible time there, don't you? Yeah, it's, ter- it's a terrible place to go to as well. Like, terrible from an from an away fan perspective. But I do go, and I must ask you the score. But I do go to Brighton quite a lot because I'm very, you know very close friends with the owners of Brighton. So when when Spurs are away or I'm not going, I go to Brighton matches. And I went to Brighton Palace in the away game early in the season. Now that's not a nice place to go to. <laughs> if you think it's bad coming to Spurs, really? Oh yeah, Selhurst Park is naughty, especially on a Brighton game. Oh, but Selhurst Park. Right now, oh, way. I go to Selhurst Park, Selhurst Park a lot. I love it. The atmosphere is brilliant. <laughs> and I just want to say something actually, Graham, because it's something I missed out before um, when you were talking about our fans. Um, our away fan support has been absolutely magnificent this year, isn't it? Last night. We could only hear us till about 70 minutes when Liverpool started. Now, I've been to Anfield many times in the last 10 years, and I've said this till I'm blue in the face. It is a fallacy, their atmosphere. I've been standing at the Annie Road end and waiting for it. Now, I know on a uh, Champions League night, it is rocking. I know that. You can hear it the whole night. League games now, 
we're out singing everyone and we're not known for that always so well especially at the emirates but but going away games graham it's fantastic support isn't it yeah i must admit amanda i, I don't go away these days um like i used to before you know got mad and i had my son uh so but uh this season i think the support i can only say what the support's been like at the emirates uh the support of the emirates has been uh, a lot better this year than, than I've ever known it, and I think the support, the away support, has always been good. To be fair, uh, but yeah, great, I, always. I think it is yeah. every, everywhere you go, isn't it? Yeah. Any, any club. Sorry, I shouldn't but sing yeah, that. I, I, you I go. do agree. I've been to Anfield several times. I do think it's a bit of a myth about the the the, uh, the Anfield thing. I've been there, and they're not as loud as obviously I haven't been on a Champions League night and under lights, but. You know, uh, um, I think it's a little bit of a myth. A lot of people say that to me as well, so I'm not the only one to think that. So, but yeah, our way support there last night was absolutely unbelievable, from what I hear and what I heard. You know, um, you know, drowning out when they were singing "You'll Never Walk Alone." It, it was yeah. it was interesting though last night actually because I was kind of listening out also for for the atmosphere, and I, I probably wouldn't have watched as much of the game had I not been on this tonight. <laughs> um, but um, the Actually, the, the the Anfield crowd were quite noisy, funny enough, until the, until Xhaka got sent off. And actually, that kind of, I'm not saying galvanised, because away fans always make noise, but, yeah. you know, away fans then put yourself up as a 12th man, right? You cheer every tackle, you do all of the stuff that, you know, that tries to stop the other team from scoring. And actually, you know, whilst I'm giving absolute credit to the spirit and, and, and you know, the, the fight that you show to... to, to you know, keep the tie at nil-nil. Um, they were woeful. And they, they were as bad as I've seen them in respect of delivery, last ball, choices made. I think you made a great point. They're a great team in transition. They never had to do any transition. They would just park outside, you know, uh, your box and a kind of rear guard action. And I think that their fans also got a bit, you know, down on that because they just couldn't see them score. They didn't have a shot on target, by the way. I don't think, I don't think they had a shot on target in the whole game, which is probably unheard of playing against 10 men. So, you know, um, but we we did that though, Max. That's right. the thing. We we prevented them having a shot on target. And when Minamino, I think his name is, had an open goal, he literally yeah, well, lifted it into was. the cop. You know, you, yeah. you. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But I mean, we've done that obviously. But I couldn't believe that last yeah. night. They are slightly. Uh, they are slightly different. I mentioned it earlier, and I mentioned about those teams having the the the, the replacement players that you wouldn't know a difference. And, and actually, that's very different uh, um, um, with Chelsea and Man City, where you really don't know a difference. I don't know if they're going to go with Man City, going to go with Mares, Foden, Silva, uh, mm. Grealish, and probably a whole load of others that we can't even think of. And they're all top draw. And any one of those, you would say, is their first team. Um, Liverpool, interestingly, are not like that. They're just that good, Salah uh, uh, and Mane. Um, uh, Jota's been fantastic. Firmino was awful last night, but in you know in previous seasons he's been great. Um, but they, they've they've not really had any injuries. Those guys, they've just been there for every big game. Um, I think the last Afcon didn't happen, maybe. So they've not missed anything in the last three years. Um, you know, Liverpool got away with it, and now they missed a few players and just just to had they had no way of putting the ball in the net. So uh, um, be interesting. This this could be quite an interesting season for Liverpool actually. You know, because they're just as capable of dropping off. I think we're only between us. You know, we're only a few points behind uh, Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, and anyone puts together a good run, and and, they, and one of them has a bad run, 
it's an interesting dynamic this year. This weekend, that's why this weekend is so big. The problem is consistency for our, our teams, our teams, just consistency with United as well. Um, I think when Mane and Salah get back, and if they're they're fit, I think they're they're just they're just awesome to watch, aren't they? But one of the things that Carl Stark has just brought up is home fans have connected with the players this season. The atmosphere has proved one thousand percent, and I think that really very is, low base. Uh? From a very low base. <laughs> Oi, Maxie. Um, the reason being is, is because we've connected with the players and we've connected with Arteta. Graham and I have always been big Arteta fans, haven't we, Graham? So um, yeah. I always connected with that anyway. But I think that what he's trying to do at our club, more fans are seeing and more fans are getting the connection back, Max, because we lost it. We we absolutely lost out. Homegrown, homegrown really helps, right? So Saka, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe. Two absolute special talents, yeah. you know, as much as it pains me to say it, in Saka and Smith-Rowe. Um, Smith-Rowe, you're, 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 you're managing him quite well as well because you're not playing him every game because you could burn him out. He's that special. And and those two guys are, ex, you know, exceptional. And as, as they progress in their career, they the problem that you're still going to have, and I'm not even making this about, you know, the, the finances behind it, problem that Arsenal are going to have and Spurs are going to have is when you look up, You've only got one metric and you can look at every player in your team and you say, assuming everyone else was good enough, can you win the league with this player in his position? Right. And if you go through your team and you or our team, it's quite similar. Could you win the league with Ramsdale as your goalkeeper? You probably could. He's got it in him to be that that level of goalkeeper. Uh, um, left back, maybe. Tierney's decent, but inconsistent, gets injured. Right back, we'll have to wait and see, you know, what, what that guy's like. You know, he's had a good few games, but not really against the top opposition yet. So we don't know. Gabriel, good, not amazing. He's not world-class. He's just good. Uh, um, ben White. Ben White's a really interesting one. I'm a bit closer to that one because of his Brighton past, right? Um, and also, you know, people that are involved in it, like transfer. Look, Ben Wright's a really decent player. He's a good defender. He had a great game last night. Like you said, I think Graham's good with his feet. Yeah. He's got flaws. He can't hit a ball, which is really difficult at sometimes when you need it as a centre-half. And I promise you, this is not from me. This is from the people that sold him. They saw him as uh, um, their third, if not fourth, best centre-back. Wow. And that's what Brighton, that's why they were happy to sell him. You know, they obviously called it on with the money. But they were like, if you wanted to buy, you know, Webster or Dunk, which I can't believe you didn't buy five years ago or no one did. Uh, um, you know, he's the best of them. Uh, um, not so much Duffy, but certainly, Web, you know, Webster and, and, and Dunk. They were their best two players. So I think I like Ben White. I don't like him that he's at Arsenal, but um, I'm not sure if he's going to be that top, top, top player because he's just not strong enough in the air. Um, and, you know, you need the full package. So you see what I'm getting at? When you go through the team... And you can do that, you know, Saka, yes. Smith-Rowe, absolutely, eventually, yes. Rest of the squad, not really title-winning players. Spurs have got the same issue. We've got four players we can win the league with. Four, you know, the goalkeeper, Kane, Son uh, um, and Romero. I think they're really at that level. And I think the rest are just kind of below. Uh, and that's probably one we won't win it anytime soon. Uh, neither of okay. us. Interesting. Um Graham, Ben White, do you do you agree with what Max is saying? Uh, no, I don't. 
Not why. <laughs> we do, funny enough. Um, look, I think uh, one thing Arteta's done really well this year, man, that is is approve our defence. I think um, the recruitment, the defenders he's got, he's fine-tuned that defence. And I just think the back five now um, is a really solid back five. So uh, I disagree with Max on Tommy Asu. I think Tommy Asu has come in. He's been combative. He's been aggressive. He's been winning his duels. He's changed the whole dynamics. He's the best right back I think we've had probably since Lauren. That's how good he's been. Mm. I think Ben White and Gabrielle's a really good partnership. I think Kian Tierney's a really good left back. So uh, I th- and Ramsdale's come in and played really well in goal, you know, and, and he's got that connection with the fans. We, we talked about the connection between the players and the fans. I think our back five for me means that we can play further up the pitch. That's why we can press further up the pitch. We've got players who... Uh, uh, good on recoveries who can win their one-on-one duels uh, so I think our defence is really good this year I think we invested in good defenders that's one thing he did wasn't it? he set out uh, to to change the dynamics of the defence and I think you know I, I think Ben White's a really top defender uh, and I think he's going to get better I think he's really good on the ball the way he plays out um, he's got so many qualities I agree with Max Fairpoint about in the air it's not his He's not as strong in the air. That's probably the one weakness. But I've seen him have good games in the air. So, And I think apart from being rash sometimes when he dives in like he did at Leeds, everywhere the penalty, I think overall he's been really excellent this year. I think the whole defence has been really good. Uh, and it's no, that's why we've had so many clean sheets. You know? And um, So, yeah, I, I disagree with Max on that. Uh, on the, I, I think our defence, the recruitment, he's brought the right defenders to improve us, to give us a platform. So we can play higher up the pitch. And that's why with the success, we're able to press higher up the pitch now. I think if we could get the central midfielder alongside party and maybe a goal scorer up front, I think Arteta will have close to the team that he wants next season. But I disagree with Max on the defence there. Respect his opinion, of course, but that's just my view. But Graham, just remember what I was saying. There wasn't saying that they weren't good. My, 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 the point that I was making about those players is not that at all. I'm saying that they are good. I'm just saying that the, the the measure that we need in order to be able to be to win a title, to win the Premiership, that is just that next bit. So that's not that they're not good, but there's a, we will know there's now a difference between third and fourth or fourth and fifth, actually, and first. And the level that we're talking about at first, and you're talking now Diaz, you're talking about Consolau. Now, whatever you say, as good as those players are, and some of the Spurs ones are, are some of them, not, not so much now, uh, um, they're just not quite as good as that. And that's probably why those one, two, three, four games, that's what you need. So they drop, they're going to win, they're going to lose two or three games this season. They'll win the league with 95 points or something. So that, that's why I was saying, I'm not saying they're good. I just wanted to clarify. It's just that next level is just, it's very hard to punch through. They're 100 Guys. million. Guys, we could talk all night, but we've gone over an hour and I was only planning on 55 minutes or 50 (laughs) minutes. But just two things there. First of all, the comment on the screen from Ray Woods, who is a City mate of mine, Smith Rowe come to City. That's how much they rate him. We rate him and Saka, well, and Martinelli. I thought Saka was fantastic last night. He was. He is often fantastic. Probably had the best chance of the game as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. But... 
honestly, he carries that team sometimes, doesn't he, uh, Graham? Right, I've got one last question that uh, Craig, the owner of this channel, so I'll have to ask it. He said, out of all the Arsenal players, who would you take? He would only take Son. Who would you take? He would only take Son because he's closed his eyes off to about four others. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and if he wouldn't take Kane, whatever you say, then that's madness. Uh, um, who would I take? Well, if I could choose one player, are you talking about? No, he, he's saying that he would from from your whole team, he would only take Son. I'll try and find the uh, question. Um you know, I think he's getting at the fact that for, for, you would. For, for me, it's for me, it's Saka. If I take, if I take one player, it'd probably be Saka. Although I, I could see that being Smith Rowe. I mean, either of those, you know, or or or, or both. Exactly, uh, that's what we're trying to get at. That yeah. you'd probably take Saka, Tomiyasu. Yeah, you know, we've got some take, really I good players. Take too many of the uh, of the others necessarily over the ones that we've got. Certainly not in the first team point of view. You know, and as I said, it's, it's a tough one. Ramsdale has proven himself to be a great goalkeeper. Oh, but yeah. respect, we've got a World Cup winning, you know, international winning goalkeeper who's superb. Okay. And he has been for for, for a decade and he's not too old. So, uh, and it shows you happens when we don't play him. And that's how we threw the goal in against Chelsea. So, you know, there are players there. There is, you know, there's plenty of players. Um, you'd certainly be happy even to have Lucas Moore in your team. He's been phenomenal this season. Uh, um, you've got Partey, Hoiberg. You take Hoiberg over Xhaka all day long. You take Skip over Xhaka. You take I'll take me over Xhaka all day long, I'll take tell you. <laughs> uh, but one that you haven't got to see, uh, uh, really, probably yet, because obviously he's now he's had an injury, is, is Romero. Um, he, he really is exceptional. Um, and it's, I'm quite critical of centre-backs usually, and he's exceptional. We just need to get him back and, and playing, you know, have a full season, get used to the Premier League. You know, he, he's actually a world-class talent. Uh, mm -hmm. He was the best in Italy last year. He's probably the best centre-back in uh, in South America. So, you know, I'm excited about him. But we can spoil it because we're capable of ruining our own team. So, <laughs> Right, boys. Uh, can I shout out to someone as well? Of course you can. I can see it flash out on the bottom. It says, ask Max who's his favourite nephew. I saw uh, you saw it, which was from so annoyingly. All my nephews are Arsenal fans. Yay! So welcome, welcome, Sam, Zach. Jamie, and Samuel uh, Coffer, the dreaded Coffer Arsenal fans. Uh, um, <laughs> they're all my favourites. They've all got taste. Sorry, yeah, they've all got football, taste. But everything else is fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys. Thank you so much. Are you going to do a vote on whether the game's going to be on on Sunday or not? What do you reckon? I, I, I don't think it'll be on. I, I don't see how they can postpone other games and not ours, but it's a shame. And yes, Max, we all want to play it, but we'll do the last thing. If it is on, what is your prediction for Sunday, Max? The reality is I don't know who we're missing because we're almost talking about Arsenal and we're missing a good load. Um, so, oh, but I'm still, I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-1, a 2-1 home win. Okay. Uh, Graham? I can't remember the last time we won there in the league. That's the problem. Um, look, I, I'm not going to ever predict a Spurs win, so I'm going to go one all. Yeah, I probably would have gone 2 all if we would have uh, started and I would have taken that. But 
Right, boys, thank you so much. Max, well for coming on my... Oh, thank you. I have been a little bit nervous today. I've never no, hosted before. So thank you so much for coming on, Max, especially to an Arsenal pod. I really, really appreciate it. And I can see all the comments, and I knew they'd all love you by the end of this because you're one of our favourites. <laughs> <laughs> one of your favourites, Birds. Thank God for not doing it next week because after the game, I would not have been up for it. <laughs> no. or, or you wouldn't have been up for it. One of Hopefully you. Um, Graham, thank you so, so much for being my little sidekick gooner on my first show. Really appreciate it. Um, no, you've, done, you've done really well, Amanda. Uh, I think um, you've just got to practice at the intro. So good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> do you know what? I said to Craig, I was going to do it only today's show. I'm going to do it one show and that's it. That's my favourite intro, but it's his. And yeah, but- I... I I'd like to say a few thank yous, actually, um, to yeah. my other half for, uh, you know, literally propping me up today because I have been a nervous wreck. Um, I've podded for 10 years, but I've never hosted. So it's... No, you've uh, done well. You've done really oh, well. Thank you. So, um, look, to- uh, welcome to the same old Arsenal family. I think you're a breath of fresh air. I think you're going to add something every week. I think you're going to have a great show. And well done tonight. I think you've hosted brilliantly. So oh, it's been a real so pleasure much. to be on the show tonight and also great to be on with Max. Respect him. Uh, and just hope if it's on, on Sunday, it's a great game of football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Likewise. Great seeing I, you all. Well thank done, you. And you'll both come back in the future. Just... Just let's hope the game starts to not be postponed because we all want to watch football. I want to thank everyone in the chat. Honestly, I've just loved seeing your comments. I love being back. And yes, I am back. And I'm going to be here once a week doing lots of different things. Um, Might even do a post-game show with Craig one night. But thank you so much for all your comments and your support and all your tweets and stuff today has been lovely. Um, please subscribe to the Same Old Arsenal channel. Then you'll know when all their great shows, they've got their Monday night show that Graham's off and on, the boys. Tuesday night, they've got four men and four men and a mic now, then me. So it's a really, really good channel. And big up to Craig, who has really helped me this week. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for watching. Always Arsenal. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.